It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Welcome to this display of audio parkour. It's the Luca Picchio. It's a Monday. We are leaping over words, diving underneath stories and reading some of your emails while perched on a very high building. I'm Pete Donaldson, John by Luke Moore. How are you doing, Luke Moore? Good, thanks. I'm doing not too bad. Um, mm. It's a metaphorical high building. We are um, the free runners of scrabbling. the vernacular. That's what we are. <laughs> Where's it going to go, guys? Uh, no one knows. I know, but, but if any security staff come and try and stop us, we are going to leg it, and, and we are going to be quicker. We're going to be more live. We're going to be more capable than them. Some people will like. Um, some people will sort of listen to parts of this and go, "There's no way Pete Donaldson's going to be able to finish this story," and he does finish yeah. the story, and he tops it off with a lovely storytelling forward roll. <laughs> they always do that, don't they? They start... parkours. They always do. Yeah, that. but I mean, if I if my stories and the way I, that I present uh, podcasts and, and and co-hosts on podcasts was representative of a parkour, I'd start on a building. No idea how I got into the building or onto mm. the building. But I start on the building. Or the name of the building. <laughs> or the name of the building. <laughs> or the day in which the building you know is yeah. existing. Um, I'd sprain my ankle uh, and sort of limp off the building. That's my kind of level of parkour. I've said it before. Start in the middle of a story, try and fight my way out, yeah. not quite manage it, but, you know, we live to fight another day, don't we? I think I think parkour is the kind of thing that, on one hand, if I, I wish it was around when I was a kid, because we used to be mm. well into stuff like that when I was a kid. We used to go down the beach, and uh, yeah. uh, for those of you who are familiar with that part of the world, the beach at Gosport, where I grew up, is called Stokes Bay, and um, mm. we used to go down there, and there's like... Um, it's kind of interesting to explain, but like there was a kind of dirt gravel track that right. was partly populated by the pebbles from the beach and stuff on a track that would go up to this thing called Fort Gilkick, which is an amazing um, fort, which I think doubled up as some kind of military observation post at some point during the war. My great grandfather was stationed there anyway. But anyway, mm. it's quite it's quite kind of um, isolated. And and the and the path itself is raised. So you've got if you can imagine I don't know, like a six to ten foot kind of sloping rise to the top of this um, path, which you walk mm. or ride your bikes along, and then outside of that, growing across the big gully, essentially, are all these windswept trees that are growing at a weird angle. Mm. And we used to leg it as fast as we could, which, for those of you who know about my athletic exploits, isn't very fast, um, and jump off the edge of the path and land on the trees like we were basically like we were gibbons. And um, I like to think that that was probably in about 1989, 1990. Yeah. And so have I invented parkour there? 
possibly. Well, I mean, I would say that you sort of think about the um, the French uh, guy who uh, kind of invented and uh, well, I guess popularized it, the bloke who uh, did the did the James Bond film. Could we discount the fact that he went on holiday across the course to Stokes to, Bay? Uh, one the, one uh, of my mates um, did it. <clears throat> this guy called Barry, and mm. uh, don't find people called Barry now. It's another one. Don't get no. them. Um, this guy Barry, he, um, he he legged it and he jumped onto one of the trees, and this quite sharp branch just basically stuck into his leg. It was fucking horrific. Don't care for that. Don't no, care it wasn't for that very story. Nice. I can just I can still <laughs> picture the um, the little hole that was left in his leg. It's weird. Mm. It's it's weird, like body body horror where it's just like that should not. I, I'm always sort of surprised at like gunshot wounds. They're always very. Polite. <laughs> I think it depends Unless on the bullet, doesn't it? Doesn't depend yeah, on the bullet. Yeah, yeah. I guess yeah, do it on the uh, caliber of the bullet. But but I think um, you just a revolver bullet. I'm always sort of surprised on how little damage it does when it goes in. Yeah. I mean, the back end of it, wow. But when it goes in, it's very polite. Like did, did I tell you? Did I tell you the story about? Um, so Barry, the guy who hurt his leg. Um, he knows so much about Barry. I, like for me, <laughs> it's like when Limmy talks about um, uh, Pitbull. It's like there was near Pitbull. Yeah. Then Pitbull was just everywhere. <laughs> yeah, this is Barry, true Barry. Didn't hear about him. Now just this whole podcast is about Barry. The Barry, Barry had a uh, brother. Fans. Barry had a brother called Matt, who was a bit younger, yeah. and I was kind of in between their age. But Barry was my friend, but he was I think a year older than me. Mm. And um, he used to live about I don't know twenty houses down the street on the opposite side of the of the back alleyway. And mm. um, for some reason, they built back alleyways all around the town where I grew up. It was kind of weird. It's kind of a well, weird situation thinking about it now. Yeah, it's basically for skating and playing football. But anyway, yeah. so anyway, listen, I, I um, so Barry got a brand new Mitre Delta. Remember them? Mm. Oh, they were like what, like the thirty quid ones? That were yeah, really expensive. it was good. The Mitre Delta Premier Leagues, it so was expensive. Decent. And um, and um, so as a result, we were playing with it in, in playing a bit of football, and I went into his back garden, which backed onto the alley, and um, we had a bit of a kick around his back garden, and we got into a bit of a scuffle, right? And um, I can't remember what happened, but I ended up punching him. And um, I think he had also punched me. I mean, we were about 10. It wasn't like a big no. deal. Uh, anyway, so as, as we had a little rumble, um, obviously I left because I'm going to go now because we just had a little kid's fight. So I'm going to get out of here. I walked back out the gate as his dad was coming home from work, right? But his dad didn't know what had happened because his dad hadn't got into the garden yet and seen his, his um, brother, who I think, uh, sorry, not his brother, his son, who had, a, um, who had like a bleeding nose, right? So I just kind of nonchalantly walked out about 10 seconds after that, I turned around and his dad, who was absolutely fucking massive, I reckon he's probably six foot six, which certainly was in my mind, um, mm. started chasing me. His dad <laughs> started chasing me. So I had yeah. to fucking leg it as fast as I could into my um, into my uh, back garden and try and lock the gate. But I was never going to get there quick enough, right? And I, I promise mm. you it sounds like I've made it up, but I know, it's, I know it does, but I, I promise you I haven't. As I was going back into the gate, I knew I was never going to get there in time because he's catching up on me all the time. My other friend's mum, who was a bit of the matriarch of the community, uh, this lady called Diane, sadly she's passed away now, but she was she was a bit of a legend. She came out and started screaming at him. What are you doing? So, so... What are you doing? You shouldn't be chasing a young boy around. What you, you should be ashamed of yourself. <laughs> It's not a good look, is it? Yeah, yeah. interesting. It was mad yeah. though. It was absolutely. I remember absolutely fucking shitting myself. You know when you're so scared that like every hair on your body is up on end. Like, yeah, it would, was would, so were you kind frightening. Of, were you kind of in a situation where you think I have irreparably damaged this community that I live in, and I can never show my face out because obviously, um, yeah, 
dad should not be chasing kids. Dad yeah. should not be chasing lads. I mean, the and, thing is, OK, uh, as you know, as I told you before, um, the, my next door neighbour got busted for attempted murder and right. there were people setting fire to cars all over the place. It's kind of a pretty regular occurrence, really. I don't think I'd done anything to break the fabric of the community that hadn't already been done. But <laughs> it was a working class community, right? So it was those types of things were just sort of brushed off. Yeah, no, sorry about that. Yeah, no worries. See you later. And it was fine the next day type thing. <laughs> it's kind of a weird situation. It was a very, very close knit. Everyone lived on top of each other type community. Yeah, well, look, thank heavens for the, the matriarch of the community. Did you ever get chased by an adult as a kid and like frightened by an adult? No, I think I was I think I went round a lad's house who used to live up the road from me. He kinda of went to my primary school and his we were dicking about and I remember his dad was woken up. Every dad where I where I lived did 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 round where shift. I lived uh, did shifts. Yeah. And uh and he we woke him up and he was uh like a bear with a sore head and he he got, he got Actually, quite like loud and come here, bloody woke me up. Blah, blah, blah. And he was he was so big and imposing that I absolutely cried. And yeah. he and I remember the and I remember the, the the kid was going, "No dad of mine will make my friend cry." <laughs> <laughs> Do you know something, Pete? Once once in our um, little community, a uh, little back back street, there was a guy. <laughs> this is bad. There was a kid who um, people used to like. They used to kind of not. I wouldn't say bully because I think that sounds like a like a, a overwhelmingly negative connotations, obviously. But there was like a little bit of tease that used to go on back and forward. And one of these guys, one of my friends, because um, I was friends with both of them. One of them was a bit younger, but the older one, he was around the younger one's house, and they were just hanging out. And a few of us were just hanging out in the back garden and in the downstairs bit. And he had a little snooker table set up. And um, one of the older kid drew like a derogatory picture of the Ooh. boy of the boy and stuck it up on the living room wall right right so okay. when they went in there for dinner or whatever dining room whatever when they went in there for dinner the, the yeah it was supposed to be like a joke but they saw it and it was like a caricature like a quite a mean caricature of the kid right mm. and, and honestly at the time i remember thinking it was nothing vicious right mm. anyway the, the kid's dad come home from work and he was a marine right <laughs> <laughs> he's just hard he's just covered in tattoos mm. and hard and he had a moustache because yeah. it was like the early 90s and um <laughs> and and he got fuming back about it and by the time he came home from work and saw it we were out in the back alleyway again this kid who had done drawing of the picture was in this little mm. go-kart right and no word of a lie the dad picked up the go-kart with the kid in it and fucking threw it right right threw it with the kid in it Right, and the kid what, up who in the air across, like... yeah, like it was probably about it must have thrown it about six feet in the air, mm, and right. he landed That's... and obviously hurt himself. And then that kid's dad, who was a fucking martial artist, because again it was the early nineties, came out and had a massive like dad standoff. It was fucking exciting, <laughs> man. It was so exciting. <laughs> It was what so good. Is, what the hell was going? It's like a bloody Street Fighter Two, a Marine versus a martial artist. <laughs> yeah, I know. What's going and on? That did same they, Marine. Did they, did they cool off by beating the shit out of someone's car? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, they did. No, and that Marine dad. He also at one point, um, he was really into basketball randomly, and like he built like a basketball thing, like his own basketball yeah. net from scratch at like regulation high, but the um, it was made of really heavy wood. And the um, the base of it was a bucket of cement. <laughs> so nineties, right? <laughs> and they used to drag it out into the back alleyway so we could shoot basketballs into it when we got bored of football or whatever. And mostly we were just using footballs because <laughs> no one had a basketball. And at one time it toppled over because it was obviously crushingly unsafe. And uh, yeah. it hit a kid on the head and knocked him out. <laughs> 
And these days, you think that's horrific. If I was like, I'm, yeah. I'm like 40 now. If I was a son, if I had a son who's like 10 who got knocked out by a hooky basketball net, I think I'd be really pissed off. But at the time, yeah, no, it was just like it, every it's day. It's unnecessary, isn't it? Like I, I can, I can, like we can safeguard our children with EU directives <laughs> about how their toys are supposed to look, feel, and be engineered. But you cannot discount a marine making a basketball net out of some old cement and a metal ball. It's just, not, I, I it's just they will do what they want. Finally they are the now, best of this, the best. In this trip, yeah. In this trip down memory lane, finally for now, I remember being at my friend's house at the end of the street, literally at the end of the street, right? And my mum worked at the supermarket. She worked on the weekends. On the Saturday, I was down there. I was helping my mate and his dad, who was in the Navy and also hard, um, chop down a tree in the front garden, right? And I was obviously just a space cadet. I probably wasn't paying attention. And, and the dad chopped a big branch down. It fell down. It hit me on the head and it knocked me over, right? Yeah. And I think I was probably concussed because I, uh, I ended up vomiting. Oh, so they took me into the house, right? My mate's house, put me in one of the beds. And so I just lie down there and we'll, you know, I'll call your dad or whatever. And they called my dad and my dad was like, all right, what's he doing? Oh, he's in bed. All right. Yeah. But just leave him there. <laughs> you didn't even bother to get me. Give him a whiskey. Give him a whiskey. <laughs> yeah. Give him a hot toddy. Yeah. So yeah, it was, a, the, it was um, an absolute chaotic childhood is what I'm saying. Well, well, I, I think the thing about like back, certainly back uh, streets and alleyways, certainly um, where I was from, you couldn't really see from houses out because they, they would have a little courtyard. People would have a little yard. Yeah. And then behind gardens, that would, yeah. be, would be the thing. So, so we didn't, so we didn't have a, so we had a little yard and, and so behind you'd have the, the alleyway. So we never really were in a situation. You could get away with all sorts. I remember a little girl, um, she couldn't have been older than about three, just got a, a big wood saw out of uh, the, the, <laughs> dad's shed and just raked it down her sister's um, forehead. Oh my like, god! Like leaving the mo- like just just really trying to saw into this, this sister her sister's head, um, and that stayed with me. That was a proper like. It, but it's just the thing about the alleyways, like it was blood? impossible to play football in it because it was just, just so much blo- broken glass everywhere. Was there blood? Everywhere, just broken glass. There was yeah, there was blood. Oh, there was lots of blood. It was yeah. it was astonishing <laughs> yeah there's uh, and I, I one of the things that i find fascinating looking back on that time and it might be different because just because you're, you're a kid then and maybe you're remembering differently but is that mm. i would be put out there to play or whatever with a lot of kids and there'd be like older brothers and sisters there and the occasional parent knocking about and my mum and yeah. dad just didn't get they were just like yeah get on with it you'll be fine like there's loads it'd be like 50 kids out there and it would and it, yeah. would, it would be like a community right and there'd be no problem and i, I sometimes drive down that street to go somewhere else and I'm going back down to visit family or whatever. And I sometimes whip through the back alleyway just to see what's going on. There's never anyone there now. It's kind of weird. I know it's a really cliched mm. thing to say, but genuinely I've never seen a single person mm. down that, down that in those areas now when it was back in the late eighties, it was, it was like all the rage. I'm telling you, it was like all the rage. That's all any kid was doing. And I wasn't even allowed to play like video games unless it was raining. Like that was the, that was the rule mm. in my house for a, quite a long time as a kid. Yeah. It's weird. Well, look, <laughs> Listen, I didn't even I love, plan I love to. This um, podcast just this podcast always just devolves into tales of the working classes. Yeah, yeah. I, I I didn't even mean to start the show in that fashion. What I was going to do, Pete, if it was okay with you, and I understand we're almost about fifteen minutes in now. I was just going to do a couple of shout outs to um, some people on um, Twitter because oh yes, uh, you did do a little. Uh, there's a, a little few tweets. Out. Yeah, there's a few tweets that came out. Well, listen, you know that Spotify did their um, Spotify Wrapped thing. Um, mm. So I guess people like the actual normal 
people with actual with proper jobs won't necessarily know what this is. So at the end of the year, Spotify do this thing called Wrapped, as in to wrap a Christmas present, talking about people's listening habits and and for podcasters, you kind of get your own little date, data and stats and stuff. But um, Connor Clancy, who we know, I think Pete, you won't remember because you don't remember anyone, but uh, not in a rude way, just how your I brain do works. Connor Clancy, actually, uh, yeah. you do. Okay, yeah. So he put us on as a live show for the Ramble in, in Dublin back in the day. Mm. He had a a day. I mean, this is probably a cry for help. Uh, his Spotify data wrapped thing told him that he once listened to 14 episodes of Luke and Pete show in one day. I mean, yeah, any other show that we do, I would go fine. That's There's seven or eight hours of listening in one day. <laughs> Luke and Pete. We don't actually talk I mean, about anything. Wow. What are you listening to? <laughs> I've listened to fewer episodes. <laughs> That's well, definitely been true. On. I'm not listening now. I'll be a non sequitur. I'll start talking about something else in a minute. Yeah. Um, Alex Forbes got in touch as well. I wanted, I wanted to give a special shout out to listener Alex Forbes because mm. um, he just has done an amazing thing, I think. I mean, it's been a very difficult year for, for everyone for the obvious reasons. And I don't mm. want to get into that trap of saying, why not use 2020 to learn a new skill? Because a lot of people just want to get on with their lives and, and get through it. And I totally understand that. But... On this occasion, Alex, bless him, has taken 2020, he's taken a sow's ear and turned it into a silk purse because he's he's managed to open his own independent bookshop in Caversham, Reading. What an amazing venture. Love it. Ah, beautiful. I so mean, it's I called... guess rent, rent would be cheaper than ever, so it's not a bad idea. Well, you say I that, Peter. Listen, you say that, but I mean, actually, by the way, before I get onto that, if you're in the area, Caversham, which is a, I think a fairly nice part of Reading, I think I once went out of a girl from Caversham Heights in Reading. Anyway, um, if you're in the area, head to Four Bears Books. That's Four Bears Books in Caversham. Little shout out for you there, Alex. Speaking of rents, I went and got my hair cut la- uh, last week, and mm-hmm. um, you'll never, never believe this, right? So I pay a bit more for my haircut because it's an independent business. It's local. They do a lot of great stuff in the community. They use the salon to showcase local artists. They provide like they do. It's an environmentally very very friendly business. They do a lot of things for opportunities for kids coming out of school. They do apprenticeships and stuff like that. It's a brilliant place run by um, a married couple called Poppy and Cell. And um, I had my haircut by Poppy herself last week. She told me that she got a letter through from her landlord that week saying the rent's going up. Mm. The rent is going that's, up, and they haven't been able to open uh, all year. I mean, that that seem. I don't know whether that's opportunism or just people going uh, like the, the 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 people who own the. I mean, how many properties can they own? I don't know. I mean, I I, I don't know the opinion about that one because it's it's it sounds awful. But then, what if that person only owns that unit? What if they you know they don't they need a bit of help? I don't. I mean, I, I've <laughs> okay, got more information own, than that. That is not the okay, case. Fine. Yeah. Okay. It, I thought it was based on the, the profile I was told about the whole situation. It sounds scandalous to me, but then I'm not really a uh, a businessy businessman. I mean, we are technically businessmen, aren't we? But we mm. we both got um, adults to hold our hands, haven't we? So uh, <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't really know what the situation is, but it sounded no. horrific to me anyway. It sounded like a really tone deaf thing to do. So fingers crossed for Alex. Good luck with your new venture. Brilliant to see. Um, if anyone else out there listening to the show is uh, in the Luke and Pete show community, if you like, is is, is has ventured out and done something a little bit different, let us know. Hello at LukeandPeteShow.com. And finally, Pete, Toby on Twitter said that he played in the five-a-side football tournament this weekend and went to the pub afterwards to celebrate, sitting outside, and was told that everyone there needed to purchase a single solitary scotch egg in order to be able to have a beer. And each Scotch egg costs £7.50. Uh, and, and Toby <laughs> finished by saying, to add insult to injury, I'm actually a vegetarian. 
<laughs> a little scotch egg sat there. Peeling a seven pound fifty scotch egg. Peeling sausage meat off an egg <laughs> to get to the to get to the vegetarian. Well, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's brilliant. I I went out for a, a bit of food on Saturday and um, was asked, uh, "Are you all from the same uh, house, or are you having a business meeting?" So uh, naturally. I was having a business meeting. Someone saw you and nonsense. said that you're having a business meeting. That's mental. I know, right? I know, right? Are you insulted? I phone, so. uh, well, I'd only brought... I, happily, I'd brought a laptop over, so I, I actually could have had a, a business meeting. So it's all fine. It's all good. Mm. It's all good, baby. Mm. All right, great. Listen, should we have a little break? And then when we come back, we'll do some, um, some people's emails. We've got some good ones this week, actually. All right, all right, all right. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Join us for a very Clash of the Titles Christmas because we're doing what every family does at this time of year. Arguing about which film is better. We've proof this pod is good for your elf as Elf takes on Santa Claus the movie. With Santa Claus the movie, for years I couldn't walk past a slice of ham <laughs> reaching for it like a grubby street uh, urchin. <laughs> We're doing that festive thing of overindulging in sweet stuff. It's the holiday versus love, actually. I've never seen women apologise so much for being women as in the holiday. And yes, they are Christmas movies. We've got Die Hard versus Lethal Weapon. I'm so bored of that question, so let's flip it. Is Christmas a Die Hard movie? (laughs) (laughs) That's Clash of the Titles this December. Listen on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your pods. New episodes every Monday and Thursday. Clash of the Titles is a Stakhanov production. 
Merry Christmas. And we're back with the Luke and Pete Shaw. Uh, I'm the Pete Donaldson compliment of that particular um, situation and formulation. Uh, Luke is also with me. And Luke, you've got some emails you want to read out. Lovely. Yeah, before the break, I just wanted to say that was actually a pretty good Matthew McConaughey impression. All right, all right, all right. Yeah, that wasn't as good. Do it properly. Think no. about it and do it properly. Okay. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> <laughs> Too worse. much. You've overthought it's getting it. getting worse. Yeah, worse. anyway, email us. Hello at lucafeature.com <laughs> is the email address. A couple of new players have entered the game. For those who aren't a regular listener to the show, we do ask people to point out the most ridiculous battery brands they've um, they found. Hmm. By this point, we've normally... I mean, we don't really get new ones because they've always been done, but we've actually got two this week. Uh, Phil Walter sent in a brand new battery brand, Nangrand. Nangrand? Yeah, as in Nan wow. Grandad, Nangrand. <laughs> which is, I've never seen that one. Have you ever heard of that one before? No, never heard that. That sounds no. mad. Someone's That's gone mad. Brand. And Carl... Hmm. Today, only today, sent in a Duke cell. As in, um, remember, like a, like a Duke, Duke cell. As in Duke Amazing. <laughs> hmm. Pretty good. Um, Fantastic all right. stuff. So Paul it, has baby. emailed in to hello at lukeandpeteshow.com and, and he wants to talk about um, cats in bodegas. Last week we talked a bit about mm. this. He said, I'm sure every single one of your New York City listeners has already chimed in on this. Bodega cats are around to keep rats away. Bodega owners are just as likely to hail from Latin America or the Middle East as they are the Far East. Cats are simply around to kill the rats that frequent every building in this city. And I like this because Paul sounds like a man thoroughly fed up of having to explain cats in bodegas. Like, it happens all the time. So (laughs) I apologise for the inconvenience there, Paul. You've had to do it again. Yeah. How do they, how, which cats um, get rid of pizza rats? Are they pizza cats? Are they samurai pizza cats? Do the samurai pizza cats... Have to get rid of the pizza cat, pizza rats, so to speak. There's, there was um, speaking of um, of, of of cats in perhaps what looks to be odd places. There was mm. a, a brilliant Twitter feed that came out. Well, I don't know. Actually, I, I, I guess I discovered Pets it. Pets in Pret. Uh, no, no, it wasn't that. Is that is that one? Is it? It should be. Yeah, no, no, it wasn't that. Wasn't that. Um, it was cats in places they shouldn't be, and mm. um, there's some amazing video. Uh, there was there was a video of you know there's a big those... one in Egypt. And it's made of sand. <laughs> Shit. Yeah. You know um you know those grabby machines you get in fairgrounds, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. This, imagine like a massive one of those where you put your money in and you you maneuver the claw and you press the button and it picks up whatever's on it. and obviously it's it's rigged so you hardly ever win anything. There was a cat in one of those and the claw almost picked it up. And, and the cat just woke up from its sleep, looked around, yawned, and went back to sleep again. It's mental. How did it even get in there? I mean, to, I mean, to be fair, those little grabby machines—they are—they sometimes can grab, sometimes they don't grab, um, sometimes they just kind of caress. So it probably went in there for a nice little stroke, yeah, and a nice little snooze amongst a load of Winnie the Poohs. Lovely little old skull job. massage. Big fan of that. Big fan um, of that. Winnie the Winnie the Poohs that um, probably off-brand and, in the words of Alan Partridge, filled with soiled bandages. <laughs> um, Peter, you are the type of guy that, when it, as and when you become a multi-millionaire, you are going to have one. You're the type of person who would have one of those grabby machines in your garage. Yeah, I, I, I do. I always sort of think there's a guy called Will that I know who has an entire sort of garage where where he's made his own kind of arcade, and some of the arcade machines he's got are stunning, proper like old pneumatic huh. outrun machines and stuff that that, that rotate. Where does he get them from? I would. 
Well, just old old arcades uh, on, online, eBay. I mean, people just, I mean, obviously when the arcades went, I mean, they didn't just smash them up. They probably just sold them on and they'll just be sitting in somebody's garage um, unloved. But I think after a while, the problem with like video games, the problem with like uh, ROMs and stuff is that they eventually die. So you've got to keep them spec and span. You've got to keep them, you've got to um, provide some level of uh, of maintenance uh, lest you lose them forever. It's what would sad. you, what, do you know what game, arcade game I'd have in, in a garage if I, was the type of person who did that sort of Which thing one? and had the money and had a garage and my wife would yeah. get me. Um, I would go for... There's this amazing arcade game. I don't know if I mentioned it before that um, really stole my heart um, mm. when I was on holiday as a kid in Mallorca. It was the first time I went mm. on... Um, it was the first time I ever went on a holiday abroad. I think I must have been mm. about seven. And there was this Capcom arcade game called Black Tiger. Have you heard of it? Mm, I think you mentioned it on the show before, but no, I, I don't really remember it. No, it's, oh it was a bit God. like Shinobi. So good. <laughs> you, you'd be this, you'd be this like barbarian type character, and you have to work for all these right. platform games. You have to work for all these levels, and you can do power ups with your armor, and you have to defeat these end of level bosses and stuff. And I did look on, um, I did look on uh, eBay way back in the day about it. And um, there's a, there's a there's an arcade machine like, uh, sorry, an arcade machine of Black Tiger, really like a, a fully functioning one. Um, for a thousand pounds, which to me, I mean, I feel like the cost of electronics should be going down. What? What? <laughs> why is it so expensive? And you can actually get a, um, you can actually get an emulator to play it on your Mac or whatever. But it's not the same. It's not the same. Yeah, it's not the same. You're right. Yeah. No. Well, I, I mean, it's, it's just, it's just upkeep. Like, obviously, these things have um, existed in in the eighties uh, and sometimes older, and and they need to be, they need to be kept kept up and running. Lest, lest. But, we but lose Pete, them, I love the idea of of the fact that say you and I were opening up a pub or a cafe. I think this one was. I think this Black Tiger arcade game in Mallorca in this resort was just like. I think it was just in this like little cafeteria bit or something. Yeah, a lot of hotels yeah. back in the day used to have arcade rooms, didn't they? Like amusement rooms. Mm. But, but this, was, this, of, this but was, was the... mainly, but it, it was on. mainly kind of like um, it was mainly like uh, one-armed bandits and stuff. But then you might get the odd Turbo Outrun, Operation Thunderbolt, Operation Wolf. Yeah. Cabs. Oh yeah, Operation Wolf with the with the gun. Yeah, the light gun. Yeah, that was and, amazing. And, and and Operation Wolf, Operation Thunderbolt. Nobody ever talks about it for some reason. It's can be completely forgotten. It's probably um, probably wasn't thought of as as being that good. But I I spent a lot of time in the game Pit Fighter as well, which had first yeah. the first um, animated sorry animated like kind of uh, filmed characters like Mortal Kombat. But it was all it was just beautifully done. I remember it was all that. 3D and stuff. It was scaling and the scaling was really good. I've always been very keen on having a pneumatic cab cabinet of the video game Power Drift, which was a driving game. And instead of polygons, it had like raster effects, kind of um, pictures getting smaller and bigger. Um, and the scaling is really quick. So you would, you'd be basically be in this kind of like low sitting kind of off-road vehicle and you'd be going over just logs, lots of logs. There's lots of logs in that game. And it was very, very fun. How would you, if, you had, if you had a, a kind of, say you're running the pub in the eighties or a cafe or whatever, and you had the budget and the space for one arcade game. How do you, how do you reckon people chose? Yeah, I mean, you'd want something that was accessible, not difficult to play. Um, but you you want one that people are going to put pounds and pounds. So you'd probably have to keep it simple. Just do your Pac Man or something. You'd probably have to Mrs. Pac Man maybe. And if you if you bought the arcade game and you put it in your cafe, presumably then all the coin that's that ran through it were yours, right? Uh, yeah, I guess so. Unless it was a rental, I suppose. I don't, I don't know how. I presume a lot of them had um, little counters in them to say how much money was uh, was put into them, so you could uh, take a cut at the end of the month. Yeah, 
I, I think I think well, there's always that um, <clears throat> there's that scene in um, King of Kong, a fistful of quarters. You know that that movie, that documentary yeah, movie, Billy, where the geezer's playing it, playing yeah. um, Donkey Kong in his garage, and he's got the actual <laughs> arcade game like, set up in his garage, <laughs> and he's playing it all the time. Like I, I can massively see you as one of those types, Pete. Get get a couple of arcade mm. games in the garage, you'd be loving life. You're always going to that pub, where you always used to be going to that pub with the arcade games in it. You love a bit of that. Oh, but you mean uh, big reds? Well, it's back now, isn't it? I don't know what no, not Big Red. The one, one's run by your mate out in Shepherd's Bush. Oh, Loading Bar, yeah. Yeah. He's got a couple of them coming back. He's got one in Brighton that they're managing to put back into service. It's It's been difficult for publicans this year, hasn't it, obviously? Of course. Um, I hope everyone gets back on their feet. Absolutely. And I'll certainly be there drinking. <laughs> yeah, I know. Exactly. All right, listen, we're pretty much out of time for today's show, but we'll be back on mm. Thursday. And I've actually got, on Thursday, I'm, I'm almost certain I'm going to try and deliver you um, courtesy of a listener Pete, a uh, brand new broadband solution. So um, look out for that. I've also got a couple of emails coming up on Thursday about teachers. A, few, a couple more of them have come in. Just something to, uh, something to look forward to. Uh, but until then, Peter, I think it's time for us to say goodbye to our lovely listeners and uh, tell them we'll see them on Thursday. Time to say goodnight. Good night. This was a Stakhanov production and part of the ACAST Creative Network. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.